0: Good
1: morning. Good morning. Season's greetings. Happy New Year. Oh my goodness. Happy New Year. This is the first time you and I are honestly like really talking for an extended period of time and also recording in the new year. (laughs) That is like,
0: okay, so that makes me a little bit nervous, but okay. (laughs)
1: I'm going to have to edit this a lot, aren't I?
0: (laughs) No, it'll be fine. Oh, well, yes, we are gathered here today, uh, January 18th to rekindle the love that we have and that we share, (laughs) talking about ourselves. (laughs) How are you doing? You have been so busy, and I'm so proud of you, but what have you been up to?
1: I'm doing well. Um, I, well, I think the last time we recorded, actually, I was still in this place at work where I was like, yeah, things are still ramping up because I was only about two months in. But now I feel Mm -hmm. like the ramping up is done, and I am fully like like within work i have my role i have the things i'm good at i have the things people come to me for so i finally mm-hmm. feels like i have a real purpose and role there um so that feels good to like i hate i hate feeling new and like un, not impactful like that just really pisses me off so i feel yes. good that i have impact now <laughs> um i'm working on a really big <laughs> competent. deal yeah literally that i'm competent um but I'm working on a big deal at work and like it just feels good to like have you know say and influence and like my skills are needed there so that feels good um but also I well actually before I get there I'm teaching a dance class to my old boss and her family and a bunch of my old colleagues
0: I knew (laughs) that but like
1: my I I'm I I know who it is um Yeah, so basically I'm teaching a virtual dance class right now to my old boss, her sisters, and then three of my colleagues, and then one of my colleague's sisters as well. Um, My old colleagues, like from the previous role that we had. Um, And it's amazing. Like my boyfriend, Karthik, jokes all the time. He's like, I've never seen someone leave a job so abruptly and then like proceed to teach their old boss how to dance. Like what the hell is happening? Um, But no, it feels good. Like it feels like those relationships at work that I looked forward to – and I was afraid we mm-hmm. only work relationships, right? Like they are real relationships yeah. and we have a, an opportunity to connect and uh, a common thing to connect on. So that's fun. And I like being in charge. And because I don't work there anymore, it's kind of nice because oh I can gosh. tell them what to do. <laughs> You're a psychopath.
0: But I understand. It it really, it um like uncovers this new level of
1: candor. Yeah, like I don't need to like filter myself. Like yes, you do. I, You're still a societal member. Yes, you do. Uh, no, I, I I choreographed a piece that was like crumping and like like breaking it down, and um, I made all my old colleagues and my boss do that move. Yep.
0: can you make my old boss do that move? Can you? I would please? love that. Because I would be so happy. I would
1: love that. <laughs> but anyway so that that's what I'm doing on the weekends and it's actually kind of nice and it's fun to like stay connected in that way it feels like we're actually growing friendships um which is nice and then I also started a business um I so backstory like 30 second backstory is just that like people always come to me for just like work advice like for me to look at their resume or ask how I got to where I did or just have a one-on-one to talk through something and like, that's normal when people move roles. I feel like that happens to everyone. But when I switched jobs entirely, um, that never stopped. Like, it continues to happen multiple times a week. So I was like, why don't I actually just, like, profit off of this? <laughs> so, yeah, I started I started a business. It's called The Career Barista. Um, and it, the whole idea is, like, you shouldn't have to feel like you're going to a career coach that's, like, 20 years older than you. And, like, you know, like – it. it it doesn't need to feel daunting to make uh, steps in your career um, outside of your day-to-day role. And so, yeah, I'm really excited about that. I feel really good about it. Good,
0: I'm so excited. I think um, we talked a bit about this at the end of the year. And even if we didn't, I thought about this a lot at the end of the year. Because I do realize that I didn't speak to like anybody at the end of last year. <laughs> I just dropped off of the face of the earth from the solid mid-November till now potentially um sorry about that um it was much needed i i took like a a little bit of a hibernation just from like Mm -hmm. most of my relationships i was pretty bummed was in um not a great place and uh you know can't say i'm in a better one now but uh at least i'm trying um the the piece that i was thinking about and someone had mentioned this to me before is like the emotional impact of being in Whatever version of like lockdown and isolation and quarantine folks are in because of the pandemic, mm-hmm. feeling a bit less like yourself and like trying to like really identify and mm-hmm. hold on to the things that make you like excited, but also like what gives you confidence and makes you feel like you can like bring your best self to the rest of the world in a way in which you are proud and someone mm-hmm. like you're like, fuck yeah, I wanna be her friend. Mm-hmm. Um and I think I lost a lot of that. I mean, I know I lost a lot of that, and I put too much of it into my job and I think I was just onto that precipice of like I am more than my job. And then I was like, oh wait, am I panic. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the whole point of that like mini rant is you seeing you with the career Barista in particular and just like in general, seeing you be active on social media and like we all have our reasons for being active or not being active.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm
0: happy to see these because I know those are things like when you're passionate about something, it brings you a lot of joy. And finding yeah. that level of like commitment and purpose outside of a job, like I yeah. used to see that at work, and now being able to see that in something that you control and you dictate and set the boundaries on is just so exciting. Um, yeah. I would never want to profit off of talking to people. Quite frankly, I'd like to profit off of people going away. Um, <laughs> so I think I'm onto something here. That it's not the gig; it is the concept that I'm obsessed with.
1: Yeah, that's but like, but actually, you mentioned something legit, like. I really enjoy talking to people. That was a part of management that I really enjoyed. I enjoyed working with people, uncovering what they're passionate about, working with them on that, all that sort of stuff. Um, I didn't like all the other parts of management, but uh, that's a different story. Um, (laughs) And the one thing that – potentially, like, working from home because of the pandemic, but also, like, going to a much smaller company, the one thing that I noticed I missed a lot was just, like, the ability to – work with someone on uncovering what they really enjoy doing and then helping them or like being kind of a partner in crime with them to help them achieve those goals. Like that brings me a lot of fulfillment. And I was Mm -hmm. I found that I wasn't doing that because people's careers were kind of stalled because of the pandemic and also because like I stopped managing people in my new role. Right. So it was like a little less, um, like obvious for me to do that at work. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about the career where you still like bringing that part of my life back. And also, I realized in the last couple of months that, like, I really enjoy social media for bits and pieces of what it offers. And I hate everything else about it, right? Like, I hate that <laughs> I can get into, like, a scrolling hellhole and, like, just doom scroll for the rest of my life. Like, so I've found mm-hmm. ways to, like, limit that, right? I set, like, um, what are those called? Like, time boundaries on your phone, um, for how long you can spend on each app I, That's what I do But also I like social media Because it gives me a place to create So I've tried to like adopt a Create more than I consume sort of mentality um, With social media oh, I don't like that. that's helped a lot Yeah,
0: I really like that
1: um, I haven't
0: thought about it in that way Of like having that type of like a tipping scale To figure yeah. out like what's your value
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, And like what value you extract from Something like that Yeah, I realize like and one of the things that's incredibly challenging is like the source of like I, I I hate and I can feel it sometimes right getting into this place of like it harbored for me I think a lot of like jealousy and loneliness during the holidays and so I, yeah. I just like pieced from it and then yeah. I realized that unfortunately that was like one of the main sources in which I was passively engaging with friendships because I felt like. By viewing stories and seeing that I was able to, like, keep up with them. But that's, like, not a substitution for the, like, the things that are actually meaningful.
1: And so then that forced
0: me again to reflect on, like, no, Carissa, don't be a terrible person. Take people's calls. Don't just screen everybody. Don't just pretend like you're busy. I do that sometimes.
1: Yeah, I mean, but I, I I mean, so do I. Like, I don't, (laughs) I, I genuinely believe that, like, choosing to not, Engage with someone for no other reason just other than the fact that like you just don't want to is not a bad thing Like I do that all the time um But I think like what is what I really appreciate about you and when you do take these like moments to yourself To like not interact with society is that you always come back and you always have a reason to like You know, like keep your friendships and your relationships strong and going right you never come back and you're like oh well screw you (laughs) right like you're always really (laughs) intentional about like you know like I took the time I needed and now here I am and I'm going to be present right and you never at least my perception of it is you never like go away and come back and aren't fully willing to like engage again um so that's what I appreciate what I like what what tends to like confuse me about when people take time for themselves and even when I take time for myself sometimes is like then when you come back to like not be present and not be uh I don't know just like willing to engage in a friendship or a relationship is confusing right because then it's like how do I engage with you how do I keep this relationship or this friendship up with you in a way that feels authentic to Mm -hmm. us both and it can be confusing because you know people go through different things and so coming back almost as sort of a different person is hard on both parties in a relationship um so anyway a little bit of a rant but I appreciate that you always come back in your present um oh
0: so yeah thank you yeah no I think that is something that I'm even struggling like I'm struggling with like a lot of those types of relationships especially like navigating like having moved and then realizing that like it's been like a year it'll be a year for like um Uh, Like with COVID-19, right? With folks really feeling the repercussions and it's starting to change their lives soon. Um, And recognizing that it changed a lot of relationships that I had. Some likely for the better. Mm -hmm. Some, I don't know. And some, I probably will never find out. Oh my God, Mm -hmm. siren. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Please hold. We're going to... I'll edit that part out, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Oh God. Whatever. Um <laughs> Did you see the movie up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know how like the dog just dug goes like squirrel? Yeah, yeah. I've realized my attention span has gotten so much shorter.
1: Yeah. correct. Um, and I identify
0: the too. most with him. I used mm-hmm. to identify with the chubby little Asian boy, and I still do, but now I identify with him and the talking dog. Amazing. I love that. Going back to this idea of like what we were talking about? Oh yeah. Friendship coming back. We, you mentioned too, like finding the best parts about being a manager and Mm -hmm. when I kind of joked saying like, oh, I just want people to be like far away from me. um, I think that I realized that I really, I really also do enjoy working with people. We both transitioned into roles where we knew that we weren't going to be accepting direct reports. Mm -hmm. Um, We both realized that perhaps that's not what we like in our careers. We actually do Mm -hmm. like helping to grow people, coach people. I certainly like having a lot of autonomy and being able to help shape things, especially when mm-hmm. I think that there's opportunities for improvement. Um, I become quite vocal. Um, but you now have a career barista, and since then, I have also changed roles.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I do believe that the last time we talked about my career, I said, you know what? I never want to be a manager again. <laughs> but here Plot you twist. are. <laughs> Plot
1: twist. I am now an engineering manager, so whoopsies. <laughs> Yeah, so there's a lot of newness, right? Like in both of our lives right now, both kind of work related, but in very different ways. Um, So yeah, let's talk about like how are you feeling? What? How? Well, first of all, how long has it been in this new role? Formally,
0: I feel like. So I will say it's very different because it um it's being at a startup and having this type of like transition and and organizational Mm, changes is much less structured. um like in full transparency i have been struggling a lot with that um because none of my responsibilities are formally off-boarded i don't even really have a like the job description and the job was something that like i helped to build which was great Mm -hmm. but it also means that there's no very clean and delineated set of work that i need to inherit and responsibilities Mm -hmm. i need to do i need to figure Mm -hmm. out what my new job is um so that's been incredibly stressful while doing my previous role and i also Mm -hmm. like already kind of lacked balance there um and
1: i accept that for what that is i guess so do you feel like the work right now at least is like almost double what it was however yes. long ago hmm.
0: yes i do
1: um, and, and that's been quite taxing that, yeah i was going to say what's your plan for like handling that but also like making sure that going forward you do have a somewhat of a delineated like set of responsibilities i understand in a startup that's not always possible but like to an extent
0: yeah like you said, to an extent, I've, I mean, I did like, look, I learned a lot from this last time. I don't want to try to boil the ocean um, mm. immediately. And I, mm-hmm. I appreciate that here in particular, I do have folks that are looking out for me and like, they are speaking up, especially when like, we know you can do it, but you don't need to do it immediately. Like pr- trying to protect my mental sanity. Mm. Um, But I do think that I've been a lot clearer on pushing back and, and setting those expectations from the start, mm. as opposed to thinking yeah. that I can inherit everything. And also I think like reflecting for myself instead of just being a yes person making sure that it aligns with things that I think are right and and also speaking up when maybe I disagree Um, and and just feeling a little bit more empowered there I mean honestly look I feel like an exorbitant amount of imposter syndrome and a lot of that is also just overflow from my personal pieces too just like not Mm -hmm. like I said not feeling like myself and not feeling on so it Mm -hmm. did feel strange to also have someone come out and say like i'd like for you to take this role when i'm not even feeling my best and not Mm -hmm. feeling that i could perform yeah um and that's been actually quite difficult for me because i I don't feel like kind of bright and shiny i feel the opposite Mm -hmm. and so having to then put on a smile and introduce myself to a new team and manage that has been like arduous at best Mm -hmm. the so i don't know honestly i just Mm, i have stopped drinking as much not not because i had a drinking problem just like you know health 2021 trying <laughs> and that has helped at least made me feel more in control of my emotions and my emotional mm-hmm. responses yeah. i hated that it likely becomes a crutch
1: yeah i so i have a couple questions um the first is like you kind of talked about this because this is your second time being a manager, right? Just like in your life, like different companies, all that stuff. But like this is your second time. Do you feel like in the tactical things, like the day-to-day decisions, you feel more empowered to make them? And do you feel better about it than you did the first time around?
0: Oh my goodness, yes. It's it's kind of like night and day. Um mm-hmm. I know significantly less. And I'm actually I, – I personally feel – much less qualified for this role um, mm-hmm. than I did being in my previous one. The last mm-hmm. one was literally managing the team that I used to be a part, like a team mm-hmm. that I used to do that. I know that role.
1: Mm-hmm. This
0: is a completely different organization. So I'll still be with an engineering, but instead of working in solutions engineering, really in like pre-sales demonstrations, data modeling, I have moved into more formal software engineering management for implementation, DevOps, release management, things that I've mm. never once done as an IC or an individual contributor. Mm-hmm. And so managing it is very different. And I, I'm relying purely on my tactics right now of like, mm-hmm. how do I help them set like clear strategy, execute on their goals? And it's, right. it would have, I would have failed immensely had this been my first time doing this. Um, right, right, right. Like if,
1: yeah, like if you hadn't been a manager before, um, you know, having not done this role as an individual contributor, plus not having not been a manager, hypothetically, like, you don't think you've yeah. been set up for success.
0: Oh, yeah. absolutely. And and so I think, yes, it's been very, very tactical. And also just, like, giving less shits about being
1: perfect yeah. in the beginning. Oh, a 100%. I feel that. I mean, I'm not <laughs> even a manager right now, but, like, looking back and, like, starting the career barista, like, just recognizing that, like, you know, you... As an individual, as, like, your your own person are not responsible for the results of the people you are trying to help, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I think that is the biggest thing I've learned is, like, you can do your best to coach. And if that person has the drive and the willingness and the environment and a million other things to take that advice for what it is and see those those steps that you give them through to a T, yeah they're going to see results but just because they don't because of whatever reason right like whether that's in their control or not doesn't mean it was your fault I feel like Mm -hmm. like both you and I took things at our previous role very personally when things didn't work out because we felt like we were responsible for things not going the way we had planned because we were the managers of our teams and I've just learned that like that's not the case at all. (laughs) I just learned that that was not the case at all. Yes, title. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, no, but the other question I had was because you have not done this role as an IC and you mentioned imposter syndrome a little bit, like, what is that feeling like? How are you – well, does it feel different than imposter syndrome you felt before in other things? And, like, how are you, I don't know, dealing with it? yeah. Um, it, it
0: does feel... It feels tangibly different. And I think it actually goes back to your question about, like, the tactics and the optics of the role. Um, yeah. um, I don't know. I've... I always struggle... I struggle with a lot of things. Um, <laughs> like, statement, also a title of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I think for the imposter syndrome piece, I feel like... Um, Because this is a role as well that we helped carve out, I feel like I am in actually a good position to deliver order and structure and and be that type of, like, a manager. I know I can manage people and I know I can, like, offer a lot and help coax out, like, I am never going to be a superset of knowledge of my team, especially a team now that is like incredibly not only cross functional, so it's got full stack developers, senior developers, like things that I'm never going to actually do. And I know I'm not going to do. In fact, managing them has solidified that I don't want to go mm-hmm. back. We talked about like going back to school to get my master's in like pure engineering or like mm-hmm. computer science. Um, I very much like coaching them and helping them set strategy and, and finding complementary things within the business and within the industry. Um, to help them succeed and to help our team succeed., yeah. um, but the imposter syndrome is real, especially because I lead a team of all men. Mm. Um, oh, yes, we'll talk about that one. <laughs> lead a team of all men in a major like a predominantly male engineering like and, like yep. organization. yeah, um, managed by all men. my coworkers are all men. Um, yeah, it's mostly men in managed meetings, because, uh, like, yeah. So the imposter syndrome is real, especially because I don't have an engineering degree. And I don't know. I think I'm handling it as well as Chris really handles anything. So like on a scale of like one to ten, like a solid four.
1: <laughs> no, um, I, I, I agree. I think you are handling it well. I mean, first of all, I mean, I feel like this is said so much when people talk about imposter syndrome, but like you got the job for a reason, right? Like, sure, you have all these reasons. Like you don't you don't have an engineering degree, whatever else. Like you're the only woman in the room. But like they gave you this role for a reason, right? So I think that one thing you're really good at is when push comes to shove, being vocal about the things that matter, regardless of the environment. So yeah, I'm confident you're gonna do well in it. But um but I feel you. I it's funny how like we ended up going to very different companies, but we're having kind of similar experiences. Like I'm also Yet one again. of three females at the company. Like yeah. there are only three females at a company. Granted, my company's twenty five people, but like still. But still, um, I remember when yeah. you told me that when you first joined, and I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Um, and it's been interesting, right? Like, my direct team, my manager, who is, like, the CEO, but also I kind of report to someone else. God knows it's a startup. It's weird. Um, wait, what? I, like, don't have a manager. So, like, the product team all reports to the CEO of the company. But yeah. we have like a lead product manager, right? So, like, that's how ours is structured. Except yes. for now, she, like, they're promoted to a director of product. So it's got like middle management nice. for the so way. So now you have more structure. Yeah. So for us, like, the lead product manager, he's also the most tenured. The whole company is two years old, two and a half years old. So, like, when I say tenured, I mean two years. But still, um, he's the most tenured. He like built the most things early on, right? So we naturally like go to him for a lot of like the day to day. Like feedback on things so in that sense i kind of see him as my manager but not from a like feedback strategy sense from all of that like the ceo is, is my manager right so anyway both of them are men um both of them are white men uh so like yeah it's just an interesting dynamic to be able to like you know for all the stuff that happened at, uh, at the Capitol uh, a couple weeks ago last week um it I had to say something I had to be like we need to say something as a company yeah. <laughs> to our employees yeah. like just because people aren't talking about how this is impacting them and their productivity and their mental health doesn't mean it isn't and like I'm telling you, you we need to say something so yeah. like having to have that conversation especially coming from a brown woman talking to a bunch of white men is difficult um oh, but, yeah can I tell you a story <laughs> sure
0: all, right. all names are redacted. Also, there are no names in this because it was, like, an honest mistake. But, you know, you just said right now, it's, like, of all things coming from a brown woman. Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel and get worried that before you speak up, like, you know, okay, it's a scenario like that. You know that you need to say something because you want to, but you also yeah. can identify that you think that it's, like, objectively correct, especially to, like, bring comfort and to, like, mm-hmm. push forward this idea of, like, culture within a company. Right. It's what we were also, like, very much trained to do in our old role. Right, um, right. And like fostering that environment so we had a, like we had a meeting about this like this restructuring of things in our company it was really exciting was it no i lie but it was a meeting and and one of the things was um creating like subgroups like of interest right because like our our company is like growing a lot um, some folks are very much focused on like operations research. Some are focused more on machine learning. Some are more focused on like, um, uh, like front end development, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, with this new idea of like creating cross-functional teams, um, trying to make sure that people don't lose that sense of community with like a component or something like that. Mm-hmm. So they were like, okay, we'll call them component clubs. So I was like, fine. I think that's, I think of Neopets, but fine. <laughs> okay. And then somebody, we don't know who, I honestly don't know who like changed that to component clan. Oh god. Right. And this is a day after the capital has oh like a little god. coup mutiny. And I was like, "Oh boy, here we go." Um it was an honest mistake and like I know it was not meant to be. They were looking for iterations. Right, but I struggled. I spoke to like a colleague who like knows me. I was like, "Are you also reading this the wrong way cuz I am." And I can't imagine how our teams are um, and I didn't say anything because I was just, like, going to say it in person, in person, quote-unquote, over a Zoom call with our management team. Mm-hmm. But then we didn't get to it, and so I remember posting on Slack, and it's this brand-new Slack channel. It's the first thing that I'm added to. Hi, before we send that, like, I saw you sent the deck out. I've gone ahead and changed it. Um, I don't think we should be saying this. It, to me, it, like, references too much of, like, the Ku Klux Klan. I think that is incredibly poor taste, and we need to make sure that, like, that is not at all where we want our folks to think that we are coming from, but also Mm -hmm. just making sure that we are sensitive towards Mm -hmm. that and, like, the threat of white supremacy giving the fact that we have an incredibly diverse team. Like, Mm -hmm. and no
1: one really responded. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, It's been a couple of days. Mm, See, I think that's the bad part, right? It's not honest mistake, fine. We corrected it, fine. You explained yourself, right? But to not have a response at least an acknowledgement of you know like oh good point uh, fine right like even if someone doesn't feel strongly about it um I think it's really it's it's um shitty yeah, <laughs> yeah. well it's also
0: still awkward I'm only per- I'm only woman in this chat and I don't yeah. want to feel like oh she's like the touchy-feely one yeah. No, yeah I'm the one trying not to be a dick
1: yeah exactly I feel the exact same way when I say when I bring up stuff like this like Oh, here goes the like brown woman who like had training on how to manage diverse teams. Like, mm-hmm. tell me about this stuff. Like, we're not, you know, I. So, the thing that happens a lot at my company is like, I will say things that maybe we are not ready for, like creating structure, creating a culture, creating something that maybe yeah. isn't necessary at this point because we're super early stage and we're a small company. And the response I get back often, and it is well intended and I understand, but the, often the response I get back is, we are not that company that you used to work at. We are a fraction of the size and well, you know, the processes that worked there are not things that we necessarily want here just yet. And it's well-intended, but, like, I'm always afraid of having that response when it comes to, you know, things around diversity because, like, I am that person who worked at a competitor that is a million times the size and is a million times more diverse and was trained on this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah, saying that to me is accurate, but that doesn't mean, (laughs) like, that's okay. You know what I mean? I don't know how to explain it. It, I just,
0: yeah.
1: It makes so much sense. So to
0: quote um one of my favorites, Bill Safransky, William, Safransky, <laughs> if you will, um, "You're not wrong. You're just early." Yes, exactly. I love that. I'm Me gonna,
1: too. I'm gonna remember that going forward. I'm not wrong. I'm just early.
0: Yeah, but I think you bring up a really good point, and maybe I, I do think that that is something that we talk about at some point because a lot of organizations, right, like, are going to be in that spot. Um, I know I feel that way, and one of the biggest challenges has been, like, forming and making sure that I don't compromise my values or what I want long-term and, like, what I think I should be executing on, but finding a different way to execute it. Like, it's not the what, it's the how kind of breakdown of, like, all right, yes, we need to make sure that, like, this is a part of our culture. Maybe these initiatives are, like, uh, just too scope or scope too differently, take too much resource. What's somewhere we could start? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Uh <sighs> What was this episode about
1: uh, imposter syndrome, <laughs> maybe? Kind of? I don't know. No, I, I think know. more than anything, it was just a chance for us to talk about, like, all the new things happening in our lives and how we're feeling about it. Um, mm. So if you could summarize it in three words, how are you feeling about your life right now? Oh, God. I'm usually the one that That's two. like that. That's
0: two. Oh, God. Last word. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I want to start over. <laughs>
1: um how am i feeling about my life right now um focused uh overwhelmed and um calm can you be calm and overwhelmed at the same time i think so yeah that's why they have um benzos (laughs) No, yeah. I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> uh, let me explain that actually. I'm overwhelmed because I know that like I'm I'm doing something. It's basically imposter syndrome. I'm overwhelmed because of imposter syndrome because I feel like I'm doing something that I know I'm qualified for, but maybe the world doesn't think I'm qualified for. What are people going to think? What are people going to say? Um, mm-hmm. But also I'm calm because I know that like I, and we talked about this before the episode started, I'm doing things out of my love for doing them because they bring me joy because i want to help others and because it's going to make me happy and so you know what Mm. like fuck imposter syndrome am i allowed to curse yeah we're explicit um
0: i'm sorry have you ever spoken with me are we allowed to curse (laughs) i can't just bleep one of us (laughs) i'm gonna edit out all of my swearing in this episode so that you (laughs) are the reason that we have to be explicit on this episode (laughs)
1: Well, that's that, yeah. I'm calm because, like, screw imposter syndrome. uh, It's fine because I like doing what I'm doing. So why not? Yeah. Oh, yay. Heart swells. (laughs) All right. Well, I think this has been a fun episode. I really enjoyed catching up with you again. I hope that our listeners hear the joy in our voices when we talk to each other. Um, Oh, that was so sweet of me. (laughs) I don't like that. Take it back all right well for those listening hope you enjoyed this episode um follow us on instagram um listen to our previous episodes if you haven't already we have had a guest and we will continue to have guests every so often um, to just switch it up and learn from other people so hope you listen to those episodes as well um yeah have a great week make good choices